This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, November 21st, 2021. Living your best life, a new perspective. So good morning, Connection Church. Here, there, everywhere. So good to be with you today. Welcome to week two of Living Your Best Life. Morning. Is it week two or week three? It's week three, isn't it? Yeah. Welcome to week three of Living Your Best Life. <laughs> More than our focus is on a new perspective. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, those of you who are joining us online. We are humbled and blessed by that. We are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's no accident that any one of us are here, um, either in person or online, because we know certain with certainty that you have a message for each one of us. Anytime we open up your word, Lord, um, there is incredible opportunity for us to lean into you, to learn more, to be stretched, to grow. And so as we take a look at this topic of living your best life, a new perspective, thank you for the opportunity to um, share the word, for us to be together, and uh, we thank you for your son, Jesus. All this is in his name. Everybody agreed and said, amen. Amen. So as I've shared before, I, I love taking photographs. I, uh, I have, gosh, ever since I was a kid, I... The really beautiful thing is it doesn't cost me anything to develop film now. I've got about 40,000 of them on my computer because I don't edit a whole lot. I just take and put on, you know, what the heck. Anyway, um, what's really cool, uh, one thing really cool is with the photography, you stand in one spot, and like here, I could focus on uh, you, Andrew, and Pauline here in the front and blur the background. That'd be, you know, the focus of the picture. But without even moving the camera and just changing a setting, my focus could be on the Franklin family, and then you guys would be, and it, you know, it's a different perspective, isn't it? And I haven't even moved the camera an inch, a totally different perspective, or uh, I have a really cool lens Carrie gave me. It goes from real close to very far away. When we were out in the Grand Canyon, I could take, well, you know, the trouble with the Grand Canyon, you can never capture the, you know, it doesn't, film just doesn't, because it's, you don't have a wide enough lens, but you can capture a big picture and then focus in, focus in, focus in, and it's entirely different pictures, the, the, the big angle and the focused in from far away, bringing it up close. You know, well, it's all about perspective. You know, you can totally change the perspective from that sitting in that one spot, depending on depth of field or the width or whatever, and that's just what I, it's really cool with photo, how you can change that perspective. Well, another expression for changing your perspective is changing your paradigm. Changing your paradigm. A paradigm is a pattern, a habit, a model, a way of doing things. And we have had to do that a lot. And you have too in your homes or at your work. We've really had to change our paradigm over the last almost two years and uh, the other popular word in all that is pivot. We've all had to pivot in ways that have been sometimes good and sometimes really, really hard. We, as soon as the pandemic 
uh, got started, we uh, formed a new team called the New Paradigm Team. And that particular team was a, a group of creative think tank people who attend here. And we met, we meet about every month or so. And some really cool things have come out of that new paradigm team. You know, the masks that we have that have the connection logo that came out of that. When we were not having children's ministry yet in the back and we had the virtual lobby where you can sign in and there were different hosts that came out of that. Um, we had our picnic outside with food trucks that came out of that. The trunk or treat came out of that. Our online host, Lorraine Sackett's our online host, that came out of that. I mean, sometimes when we have to have new paradigms and shift that can be good because that's really creativity that has to happen in order to um, keep going. Um, otherwise, we're paralyzed and that's just horrible. So the pandemic forced us as a church, forced you as individuals, as families, to have a new perspective, a new paradigm, a shift that actually could help us as we live our best life the way God has it planned. Mm. So changing your paradigm, changing your perspective is not always easy. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Especially when it involves changing something that you've held on to tightly for a long time, when it involves change that is contrary to those around you, especially those who are close to you, what involves change that takes you totally out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, sometimes God brings about the change because God needs us to see things differently. God needs us to open our minds to the possibilities, to God's possibilities. And God has the power not only to bring about the change, but to give us the strength to live into that new perspective. Not long after the Hebrews were freed from slavery in Egypt, Moses, he was the man at the time, Moses sent a team of 12 men into the land of Canaan. That was the land of milk and honey, the promised land. And they, their job was to get the lay of the land to do some groundwork before the Hebrews went and inhabited the land. He wanted to know who was already there, who they would have to battle, you know, what it was going to take in order to go ahead and move in. So this is the account that Moses gave um, for this. Um, Numbers 13. We, th this is the account that the people, the 12, gave Moses when they returned. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, 
The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. You've got to love Caleb and Joshua, amen? I love these guys. I mean, later on when he's 85, Caleb's saying, give me the hill country. He's, he's, a, he's a beast, man. I love that guy. Unfortunately, Joshua and Caleb were voices in the wilderness, literally and figuratively. And the whole assembly talked about stoning them to death. And they did not move in, as encouraged by Caleb and Joshua, they did not move in to take the promised land at that point because of fear. The result, God had these people wander for 40 years in the desert. That was the result of their faithlessness. 40 years of wandering. And the purpose, one year for every day that they, these spies had been Watch, looking into the land. And the other reason for 40 years, it was that much time before all those faithless individuals would be dead. They all were gone. None of them got to move into the promised land because of their faithlessness. Caleb and Joshua, the faithful, yeah, they entered Canaan 40 years after saying, we can take it, faithfully giving their report. Yeah, with God's help. So in Numbers 13, the scripture that I just read, we see that the 10 spies, there were 12, that 10 of the spies looked at that situation with their eyes, with their perspective from their limited viewpoint. They saw people that were bigger than they were. They saw an army that they just couldn't wrap their brains around defeating but there were two, Caleb and Joshua. They saw the situation with God's eyes, with a different perspective, through God's eyes, not their eyes. And they knew that God would help them, that God was before them, and these people could, in fact, be devoured. That's what God you know, promised, no matter how big they were. You see a new perspective changes everything. New perspective changes everything. Roughly 400 years later, the Israelites face a giant again. This time, it's just one, and his name is Goliath. Maybe you've heard of him. Very popular story, well-known, well-known inside and outside of the church. The Philistine and Israelite armies, as you may know, were camped on opposite hills. And every day, Goliath would stroll into the valley between, offering a one-on-one, -on -one <laughs> mano-a-mano, fight-to-the-death, winner-take-all. 
Yeah. And the Israeli troops, grown men, battle-hardened soldiers, warriors, were scared to death. Scared to death. And then along comes this little guy, little shepherd boy. You know his name, many of you. David, right? David. Now, we talked about David back in June, but this bears repeating because it's such a great example of perspective. David, uh, he, he came along and offered to battle the nine-foot, nine-inch giant. This little shepherd boy against the giant, Goliath Saul, the king. He tells David, you can't battle the giant, Goliath, for, for you're just a boy. And this giant has been a warrior since his youth. Check out what, what comes next. This is uh, 1 Samuel 17, 34 through 37, New International Version. But David said to Saul, your servant, meaning himself, has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair and struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed, again, me, your servant, me, has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will Notice that, will, absolutely positive, will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. you got to love that kid, don't you? He is gutsy. Sounds a little bit like Daniel that we read about, Daniel in the lion's den. And so the troops were looking at Goliath through their own human perspective, while David was looking with a new perspective, God's perspective. The troops, they were figuring that they couldn't beat Goliath on their own while David was convinced that he could beat Goliath with just a sling and a stone. David was right because he was empowered and emboldened and given courage by God who promised that that would indeed happen. And he believed. He believed in the promises of God. So here's our first question for the day. What is it that's keeping you, what giant is it that's keeping you from living your best life? What giant? What is it that you need to see things from a new perspective, from God's perspective? Where is it that you need to catch a new perspective? God's perspective. What does God need to do for you to to realize that with God, all things possible. Amen. Amen. So we just gave some examples out of the Old Testament. We want to fast forward to the New Testament, actually to the book of Acts. It's called the Acts of the Apostles. The Acts of the Apostles are actually what the apostles, the disciples of Jesus, not just the 12, but the believers who were sold out for Jesus did and how they spread the gospel. So here we are because of the Acts of the Apostles. We're looking at chapter 10. And we see how God changed the perspective 
of a guy named Peter. We know Peter. He's the one that walked on water. He's the one that denied Christ. He was one of um, uh, Jesus' besties. And so we had Peter seeing things from a new perspective. Let me shift a little bit because this story really unfolds in an incredible way. So I'm going to set Peter over here for a minute. We've got a guy named Cornelius. Cornelius is a Roman centurion. That means he was a big deal Roman and he had 80 troops. He was the commander of 80 troops. And he was a God-fearing man. He was devout. I mean, they believed in God back then. Um, But anyway, he he prayed to God regularly. The angel came upon him and told him, to send some men to Joppa to bring back a man named Peter. That same Peter that I just talked about a second ago. And so Cornelius does send two of his servants and a soldier as God directed. Okay. So that being said, at about noon the following day, while they're en route to the city where Peter is, Peter, and they don't know Peter, and Peter doesn't know them. Peter went on the roof of his house to pray. And when he went to pray, he fell into a trance. And in this trance, he saw heaven open up, and he saw something like a large sheet. That's what Scripture says. Something like a large sheet was being let down to earth by its four corners, and it contained all sorts of four-footed animals along with reptiles and birds. Okay? Then we pick it up at Acts 10, verses 13 through 16, New International Version. And then a voice told him, Peter, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Hmm. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean, which is a lot of the stuff that's on this sheet. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And then this happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back up to heaven. Hello. All right, so remember, they don't know each other. This wasn't planned. There wasn't communication. So alerted by the Holy Spirit, here Peter has this this vision, and then the Holy Spirit alerts him that the centurions arrive. Oh, my goodness. Peter goes downstairs and said, I'm the one you're looking for. (laughs) They stayed um, and then left the next day on their journey back to this Roman centurion. So it was the men that arrived and they took him back. So when they got there, Peter is there and he told them that, and I want to get this right, it was against the law for a Jew to associate or visit a Gentile. That means it was against the law for this Jew, Peter, to go into the presence of the centurion and the centurion's people. But God showed Peter in a vision about eating forbidden food that he should not call anything impure or unclean. Peter asks why he was sent for at that point. 
And Cornelius told him that three days before, when he was in his house praying, he was told to send for Peter. I mean, is the Lord creative or what? The way this whole thing is orchestrated. Oh my goodness. Well, then Peter had a chance to share the good news of Jesus Christ. They were God-fearing, but they needed the next step. So he was able to share about Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection. And while he was speaking, drum roll please, the Holy Spirit comes upon all of them, and even the Gentiles started speaking in tongues. Amen. Oh my goodness, praising God. And then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. Remember, they were like outcasts, you know, they couldn't mix. Now he's saying, absolutely, let's get them baptized. Woo! They had received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered, now he didn't order the person to get baptized, but he ordered that it was okay for these people that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Mm. What an incredible orchestration mm. of God. But how the perspective changed bit by bit by bit. Because as a Jew, Peter had been taught his entire life from the time he entered the world till that right now, been taught his whole life what foods he was allowed to eat and what foods were impure and unclean. You know the Old Testament, you know those sections that talk all the rules and regs about food and all that. He knew that very well, as all the Jews did, what was allowed and what wasn't. And he'd also been taught his whole life not to mingle with the Gentiles, the non-Jews. It's us and them, us and them. And then the Holy Spirit brings him a new perspective telling him first to eat the for, kill and eat. Wait a minute, these are th no, kill and eat. this is okay now because I'm telling you it's okay the Lord says. And then that paved the way for him to share the gospel with the people he'd been forbidden to even mingle with. Wow. So from this point on what's really interesting, much of Peter's ministry is with the Gentiles. Just like Paul, the other big Gentile sharer in the New Testament. Peter, is that quite a switch from some, I'm not supposed to mean, to that's most of his ministry then. How God turns things 180 degrees sometimes. God used him as a bridge between these two communities, using him to connect people with Jesus, all people with Jesus, and the new life he offers. <laughs> calling Peter to a new paradigm, a new perspective in order to live his best life in Christ. And so like Peter, we are called to be bridge builders. <laughs> we are called to reach out to those different than us, people who might think different. I'm not going to say us, think different than me, uh, all kinds of those barriers that are up, we are called to cross those barriers and to be in relationship. God's love just isn't for people that we're comfortable with. 
God doesn't have favorites. Well, actually, you're all his, God's favorite, every single one of us. And so we are called to have a new perspective. That is why one of the things that we have drawn a line in the sand here at Connection Church is the talk. Part one, part two, part three, we'll have a part four, we'll have a part five, because until we hear people's stories, we can't really cross that bridge. And it's all about knowing the heart, because when we all look inside, it's all the same. We're all the same. And so we are committed. First of all, we need to build bridges with one another. And then that gives us courage to build bridges uh, in wherever we are, in our workplaces, even in our homes. What we need to do is see each other with the way God sees each other, not with our fleshy human perspective. And, wow, we're just called to treat all people. doesn't mean we have to agree. It doesn't mean that, you know, it just means we need to respect we can respect each other without 100% agreement, right? So that's what we're about, and that's what we're committed to, to be bridge builders. Living a new perspective, the ultimate in living a new perspective is Jesus Christ. Seeing things from a new perspective, calling us to see things from a new perspective. Uh, <laughs> Man, he, it was a very different perspective with Jesus. We'll celebrate next month where the King of Kings was born in a stable. Well, that's a new perspective, isn't it? <laughs> that's not how it used to be. King of Kings came to serve, not be served. He told us crazy things like, love your enemy and, and pray for those who persecute you. Then he got really crazy when he said, Peter says, how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody? Seven? You know, the old, the old uh, Jewish thing was three. He thought he was going crazy saying seven. Jesus said, well, that's more like 70 times seven. The perfect number, perfect number times 10. Oh, so 491, I can stop now. What he's saying is, there's no end. There, oh, really? Golly day, Lord. He reached across social boundaries all the time in order to let people know how much God loves them. Like the woman at the well. Like the woman caught in adultery. Like the ten lepers. On with The list goes on and on and on. It was Jesus who reached back to the Old Testament, back to the book of Deuteronomy, when he was asked, um, what, what's the most important commandment? Now, he didn't reel off one or two of the uh, thou shalt not top ten, you know. He didn't go with the negative, the, you know, and it's easy. Not, I don't do, I don't. What he said is this is what you should do, which just expands it, makes it huge. He went to Deuteronomy, he says, the most important commandment is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Wow. Wait, that, wow. That's big. That's a whole lot bigger than the thou shalt nots, isn't it? And then the second one just comes right behind that first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Whew. Talk about a new perspective. There you go. Because his perspective was love, love, love. Sounds like that Beatles song, doesn't it? Love, love, love. You know? And that's the commandment that Jesus gave 
a new perspective that allows us to live our best lives. His absolute greatest new perspective is that he allowed himself to be crucified, to die in order that you and I might live through eternity. That's a new perspective. He, sinless life, he gave his sinless life to pay the price for our sin-filled lives that we can't redeem on our own. Because we can't pay that price. It's too great. He gave it all so that we might have it all. <laughs> that's a new paradigm. That's, that's a new perspective. Yeah. And so it's one thing to talk about it. <laughs> we can all talk about it. Talk but cheap. It's, <laughs> talk is cheap. It's about living it out. And changing our perspective Changing our paradigm, it is not always easy. Mm. There, are this, there are some times that we are forced to change our paradigm, our perspective, things that happen that are, are hurtful, things that don't work out the way we thought, some very, very painful things, and our perspective is kind of forced to be changed. But God can work in through that, and we know that that God will, will carry us through, and then we can get a new perspective even in the midst of those very difficult and challenging circumstances. But then there are other times when our paradigm needs to shift, our perspective needs to shift, where we just realize that, wow, I think I need to see this differently. I think I need to get out of myself and really plug in and see what, how God wants me to see this. There are four things that we want to lift up to you. So if we want to have a perspective shift, uh, it takes patience. Hmm. Okay, God, what are you trying to say? And remember, God is like really patient. So he's going to work with us for a long time until we kind of, woo, okay, I see. Uh, it takes practice, so walking with God, the spiritual disciplines, takes perseverance. Gosh, life is hard, and just kind of keeping on going and, and walking through it because that perseverance and that endurance really does shape us and draw us close if we allow God to, and it absolutely takes prayer for every single thing. Patience, practice, perseverance, and prayer, and really prayer that communication with God, I don't think we can have a change of perspective if we don't have a prayer life because that prayer is what our communication is with God, to listen, to share from our heart, and to listen even more. And also through prayer is when we get that courage, that confidence, that conviction to allow the Holy Spirit to bring about those changes in perspective that we need to have uh, about our lives. Yeah, I think I'm done. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know, we have these scripts, but then, you know, things just, just happen. Just an idea. Yeah. <laughs> so a new perspective, it's not easy. It's not. But it's important, and it's, uh, with God's help, it's possible. I was thinking about, you know, new perspectives in my life, our life, and I just, 
You know, back when we, um, when we early on, when we thought that all the things we had, the money we had or didn't have, and the house, and when we thought of it as ours, it was kind of challenging to think about giving up 10% of it to give to the church, that thing they call the tithe. Wait a minute, that's, my, that's our money. You want 10% of it, wow. Shift in perspective, it's not our money, it's God's money. And so we're not giving up 10%, but God's letting us keep 90. That's a whole new perspective, isn't it? Whole different way of looking at things. Whole lot easier to give it up, wasn't it? Because it's not ours to start with. We're getting not giving up, we're getting to keep. <laughs> yeah. You know, when we early on in our marriage, this might be hard to believe, but Carrie and I see things a little differently once in a while. Um have a little different perspectives, and, you know, I thought, you know, if she could just see it my way, this would be a whole lot easier. This would be heaven, you know? She could just, and then I learned that the more I tried to get her to see it my way, the less likely that was going to happen, and I come to the realization, I think the Holy Spirit helped me realize that I can't change anybody else. I can only change me. Yeah, and then, so I said, well, okay, let me see if I can change what I can change. Wow, that was a new perspective. And actually, things in our relationship started to change then. Not because Carrie changed, but because I did. New perspective. Our daughter Erin was here at first service. Um, I, I used to be a smoker. <laughs> Good habit to give up, by the way. But I tried to give it up several times, took it back several times, and and then um, I didn't realize, but came to realize, uh, you know, I know it would affect my health. I guess that wasn't enough. But then my daughter, Erin, she is allergic to smoke. But it's, it's really, she doesn't even have to smell it. If, you just, if she just is in your presence and it's on, she doesn't even smell it, her body reacts. Wow. And then Carrie helped with me changing perspective when she said, because I didn't immediately stop. She said, so smoking's more important to you than your daughter. Alan had a new perspective. Uh, I haven't smoked for I don't know how many years now, but thanks to that new perspective, you know. New perspectives are important, and, and it can happen. In the case of smoking, God took that craving away. I praise God for that because that craving made it hard, but God took that away and uh, allowed me to be a little bit more... Uh, honoring of my daughter there. New perspectives are possible, even though it might not seem so, because God's there to help you, give us the strength we need through the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So last week we talked about um, living our best life, embracing the struggle. And it was kind of a, it was an interesting service last week where it just felt like there was this holy hush or something that came over, but there was a lot of pain, but also maybe a different perspective in that. And little did we, I mean, we knew we were going to be preaching on a new perspective, but what I realized is actually last week and this week really does dovetail very, very well because it's in my struggles that I've embraced that has actually forced me to get a new perspective. And a lot of times the struggles 
the things that I didn't ask for, the things that were painful, um, that perspective has helped me in ministry uh, if those things hadn't happened in my life, the, the really painful stuff. And then there's other perspectives, and y'all know my, not all of you, but a lot of you know my story from a couple years ago, that my perspective of the depth and breadth of God's mercy and grace, like, I can't believe that I was as old as I am, and I, it opened up even more because of what I was dealing with personally. And so I... I'm so thankful for that, that I wish didn't happen with me, so that I could now know God's perspective about grace and mercy. And so if it's worth, okay, that's good, God, thank you, thank you. I'll praise you for the rest of my days, for that new perspective in grace and mercy. So the struggles that we have... And the new perspective, only God can help us through those times. And um, I'm just so grateful for the power and the blood of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us so that we can indeed embrace our struggles and have new perspectives. So the question of the day is this, where... Is it in your life that God is calling you to find a new perspective? To see things in a new way, to, to refocus your feelings, to your attitude, your understandings, to uh, your long-held beliefs. Here's the challenge. Where is it you need to let go of something in order to latch on to something new? something greater, something more meaningful, something more Christ-centered? Where is it that God is giving you the opportunity to live your best life by challenging you to a new paradigm, a new perspective, in order to share the good news of Jesus Christ some way, somehow in your life? That is the good news. Let's, let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Pray. Most holy God, uh, <clears throat> new perspective, it's tough. It's real tough. Especially if it's something we've clung to, we've held on to, we've believed strongly, we've been told. And yet with you, Lord, all things are possible. And you can bring us a new paradigm, a new, a new direction, new opportunity for your glory, for those around us. Most holy God, please give us the strength and the courage to, to be open to the new possibilities that you give us, to the, to, the new, to, to the new perspective you might offer us. Please help us to know that in you, this is important, that in you, we need to be uh, flexible, that in you, we need to be able to change to where you call us to change. Lord, we look to you for all things. And we do want to live our best life for you, in you, through you. Please help us to realize these new perspectives in order for that to happen. 
We pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all those gathered at Connection Church and, uh, and at home and wherever. They agreed by saying, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.